This is the Coffee With Podcast, presented by the Women's Ministry at Reclamation Church in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Today, we'll be having coffee with Suheili Kodo, a member and community group leader in our church. Today, she will be sharing her story with us. Hey, thanks so much for coming in today, for being willing to set aside time to share with me. I'm excited to to get to know you better. Thank you for having me here, Sarah Kay. I it's know. actually pretty sweet to be here because I was actually saved in April of 2011. That's awesome. So in April of this year, I celebrated 10, 10 years, years of living in Christ. That's so it's awesome. really sweet to be here to share this What story. a great way to celebrate that. I and know. Be able to to see all that God's done in that time. And I know that you and I haven't had a lot of opportunities to really like dig in and dig deep into getting to know each other. So I think this will be just a beautiful picture full view of what God has done and where in your life and working in your salvation where he's brought you. Um, you know, we won't get to cover absolutely everything as we've talked about many times in this podcast that our stories have so many parts Yes, and that, you know, in a couple years, I'm sure we'll get together again and there'll be so much more to share even yes. um, about what he's done. But I'm really looking forward to diving in and hearing about your salvation today, your background and getting to know you better. So I think it'll be great. So let's start with you just sharing a little bit about your growing up, a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure. So I grew up in the South Bronx in New York City. Okay. But I was born in Puerto Rico. And what I like to say is like, I had one foot in New York and another foot in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Just because I spent most of my summers in my childhood in Puerto Rico. Yeah. But I did all of my schooling in New York City. Right. And so the environment that I grew up in... I grew up in a single family home. Um, My mom was the provider and the one who took care of us. I have a younger sister who's six years younger. Um, And I also grew up in a non-Christian home. Um, Living in the South Bronx is very interesting. Um, A lot of things that were considered normal at that time, I wouldn't say is normal. So, for example, there was a lot of teenage pregnancy. Um, There were a lot of high school dropouts. Um, And there were a lot of crack houses. There was a lot of addiction that you would see on the street. I got mugged when I was in the seventh grade. Wow. Yeah. And so, but those things were considered a normal part of the environment, you know, and kind of just growing up in the South Bronx at that time. Wow. And so my mother, I want to say that she kind of grooms me. Yeah. And so her grooming was, well, if you want to get out of here, you need an education. Yeah. And so that was always my ticket. Mm -hmm. I was always an A student in school. I always worked very hard. Um, She was very strict, you know, like I never had sleepovers or phone calls or that type of thing. (laughs) I know. But that's why I was sent to Puerto Rico so I can have that childhood experience that I couldn't have living in New York City. Right. And so I did very well in school all through high school. I was an honor student, um, graduated high school as an honor student, and then got accepted to the university, which was a big deal for my family. That's awesome. And again, for me, because like my mother said, my ticket out of there was an education. Yeah. One of the things that happened was that when I went away to school, um, my freshman year was great. I struggled a little bit because I learned that my education in the Bronx was very subpar. Sure. And so I had to work a little bit harder, but... You know, I persevered and I pushed through because I knew what I was working for, right? I was working for that ticket 
out of where I grew up. That's right. And when I got back home after my freshman year, my mother was in the hospital. Mm. And so I was like, what's going on? And I learned from my younger sister, because she's still at home, that she was bearing this secret. And she was HIV positive since I was in middle school, which we didn't know about. And now the disease had progressed into full-blown AIDS. And so she was in the hospital when I got back that summer. And she, um, when I got there to go visit her, she didn't even know who I was. Wow. And so that was, of course, heartbreaking, you know, and it's confusing. Yeah. And it's like, what's going on? Like, how did this happen? Why didn't I know about this? And of course, there's so many questions, which, of course, she was just so private. Yeah. And she wanted to kind of spare us from the pain sure. of that. And so there were a lot of things that she just didn't share. Right. So that summer, I recruited my aunt. And so we were like, this is what's going on. And we have to take care of her. So literally that summer, we just took care of her, changing her diapers because yeah. she wasn't able to get up, yeah. use the bathroom. We had to carry her yeah. around a lot and kind of just... It was like taking care of of an infant. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was rough and it was it was hard. Mm. Um, But she but she still wanted me to go back to school. Wow. And so just to honor her and who she was and what she wanted for me. I went back to school my, for my sophomore year. Mm. And you can only imagine how difficult that was. Yeah. Like, there's no concentration level at all. Yeah. yeah. And so, but I'm pushing through and I'm persevering. And honestly, like, I can't even remember. Like, it's just a big fog. Like, that period yeah. is a big fog. Right. Like, if you were to ask me specifics, like, what classes did I take? Or yeah. who were my professors? I'm like... I have no clue. I have no idea. <laughs> I was because there, I was but so I don't focused. know. I was, yeah. yeah, like physically I was there, but my brain was not there. Yeah. And I was back and forth visiting home just to, you know, see her. And she was in and out of hospice. Yeah. She would get better and then she would end up back in hospice. Oh, man. Um, and that Christmas of my sophomore year was even more difficult just because we knew, like we just knew it was the last Christmas we were yeah. going to spend with her. Yeah. So I finished my sophomore year. I come back and um, literally I probably had like maybe a, a week or two with her and she passed mm-hmm. away. So yeah. we buried her like literally the day before my 20th birthday. Wow. And it was, of course, you know, it's sad. It, it was is. so sad. It is. But even more so, I was lost Yeah. because she was just the foundation yeah. of everything. You know what I mean? Right. She was like okay, you got to do this and you got to do that. Yeah. She was like my compass and my direction. Yeah. So that was definitely very difficult. Yeah. So you're lost. You don't know what to do, where to go. You've lost your guidepost, yeah, so to absolutely. speak. Yeah. And so where did you go from there? So from there, now I continued on with my education. And again, that's another period of just being in this fog. Yeah. And looking back at it, I was depressed. Yeah. Really? I mean, that's what you call it. I was in this depression. Right. But um, I don't know. I was carried through that period. Yeah. And I graduated. Yeah. (laughs) Yay. I graduated. By some miracle. I know. So I graduated. um, And now I have this piece of paper, right? Mm. I have my degree. Yeah. And I'm like, game on. Yeah. And my first job was... um, as a clinical research associate. So I was into clinical research. Um, 
and it was a great job. And it really worked for me because I was just weirdly observant. Yeah. And so I was great in what I did yeah. and the tasks that I had to do. In addition to that, um, you know, so I worked hard yeah. and I also played very hard. Oh, yeah. Right? right. So now it's like, okay, I work very hard. So I get to also play very hard. And right. what I mean by that was I was just very worldly. Yeah. Right. Right. So I'm going to the clubs every weekend. Right. I mean, I'm drinking hard every weekend. Finding that fulfillment. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And because I was so lost and I had no peace um, and I was traveling and I was all about the clothes. I was all about the shoes. I was all about that perfect picture of what the world wanted me to be. And that was what was considered successful. Yeah. And so according to the world, I was successful. But In my heart, I was so lost. I had no peace. And I was something on the outside that I knew I wasn't on the inside. Yeah. And and I continued for that for a while. But living in the world and partying hard, it didn't interfere with my working hard. Yeah. Because my working hard had to support by party hard which right? is really a miracle <laughs> that you can sus- you could sustain that because yeah. man how long i would think it wouldn't be very long before you just be run dry completely yeah no i did it for quite some time yeah. a very long time and and my goal in my career life was that i wanted to work for a certain pharmaceutical company okay. within a certain position okay and so i knew that if I would have gotten there, that I would have the peace that I want, that mm. I would have made it to the finish line. Mm. And so finally, when I got there, I didn't get that fulfillment. Yeah, I had no peace. I got oh, to the finish line. The I was not satisfied. Yeah. If anything, I was even more disappointed mm. because I just put so much time into my right. career and I I didn't have that satisfaction. Right. So what I ended up doing was um, I just... I just stopped working for a year Mm. and I was like, I'm going to find myself, whatever that means. Yeah. What does that mean? (laughs) Sounds like a movie. I know. I'm going to find myself. And so I took off a year off work and um, ended up in North Carolina. Mm. In North Carolina, I just knew some people and it presented itself going to Panama Mm. in order for a business venture. Mm. So I went to Panama like maybe twice before um, but then that third time was when I was saved. Mm. And the woman that I was speaking to who spoke to me about God and Jesus, yeah, um, she was actually the person who worked in the apartment that I wow. was living in cleaning it up. Wow. And it was a little bit different because I had heard of Jesus before. Sure. I've heard of God. Sure. But her story was very authentic. Mm. And it was authentic in the sense that she shared her brokenness. Yeah. She wasn't like, oh, let me tell you about just Jesus, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm very holy and yes, I'm above you until right. you get to learn about Jesus. No. Yeah. She was like, I'm a gambler and this is what I struggle with. Wow. And I have a family and it hurts me that I gamble and take away money from my family yeah. in order to go gambling. But I trust in Jesus and I believe in Jesus and he's going to help me get through this. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. That was just, you know, like she was just really authentic and just really sharing her life. And so she invited me to go 
to, with her to church. Mm. And I didn't hesitate at all. There was just there was just a certain comfort level. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll go. Um, and there it happens to be that the pastor that was preaching was actually, he's Panamanian, but he did missionary work in New York City. Okay. I was like, wait hey. a minute, that's different, <laughs> right? Um, and so we got to talking for a little bit and the service started. And as soon as the worship music played, I just cried. Yeah. Just cried. I cried for the whole service. Wow. I cried during the treasury report. Yeah. Like I just, <laughs> I just cried. Yeah. And what it was, was it was the love of Jesus. Yeah. The love of Jesus just forgiving me, loving me, embracing me, just all of him. And it was just so overwhelming. Yeah. And every time I would think of something, but I did this forgiven. Yeah. But I did this forgiven. But I did this. I love you. That's incredible. Yeah. And it was just it was just so amazing. And once the service was over, um, you know, I walked out of there and it was like the scales came off my eyes. Yeah. You know, I know Paul talks about that. Yeah. And and I can see differently and my life was different. Yeah. And automatically I had peace. Wow. Yeah. That's that's indescribable when you're talking to people who don't have that, what that really means and what that feels like. But man, when you experience it, I remember now I'm, you know, being taken back to my own salvation story when I was 15 and just, yeah, this, the sense of when the Holy Spirit steps into your heart, everything is different and uh, praise God because Without that, I mean, we would we would be trying to fulfill ourselves with every other thing because nothing right. can fit the void. Nothing can fill nothing. it. And, you know, we can seek and seek and try and try. And, but when you finally have that moment when you, you accept the Lord and you see your failures, but you see the cross mm-hmm. and it all comes into full view, you know, that is filled. And yes. the, the struggle's not over. The journey's not over. Um, you know, it's not like everything is automatically magically fixed, Mm -hmm. but your perspective, how you feel in your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, the bedrock that you can come back to is 100% changed your identity. I know you talked about the beginning. You talked about your mom being, you know, your, your lighthouse and being what you based yourself on. And so how, how hard was it to give that? over now to the Lord and to find new identity. What was that like to find new identity in Christ? Yeah, I'd love to share that. Um, So, and that took quite some time. It wasn't immediately. Right. So now after being saved, I was anchored in him, right? And I'm a baby Christian. Yeah. And so I'm still having to learn how to live in Christ, right? So I know I'm forgiven. I know I'm redeemed. I know I'm restored. But how do I live in you, right? How do I live in Jesus? What does it mean? Yeah. Yeah, What does that look like every single day when I'm washing the dishes, when I'm doing laundry, right? What does that look like? And so I feel like that experience happened once I moved into Pittsburgh. Yeah. And so... The situation and the circumstances um, happened to be where I questioned my salvation. I'm like, Lord, was I really saved, right? Because, listen, the storms will come. Yes, they will. There's 
there's going to be a storm. There's yeah. always going to be a storm, right. you know, maybe for a little bit, maybe for a long time. Right. Maybe one will stop and another will begin. Right. But in those storms, who am I being? Yeah. And who am I becoming? Yeah. Right. I remember one of the things that I learned here at church through one of the sermons was um, when you're being squeezed, what's coming out? Yeah. Right. That's the true, the trueness. Yeah. You know, it's so easy to to be joyful and to follow the Lord when things are good yes. and going well. But when things are hard, that's when you really see your grit and what's on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, what is your character and yeah. what are you showing? Are you showing the light of Christ? Right. right? When you are being squeezed, when you're in the middle, in the yeah. thickness of that storm. Oh. And so that's one of the things that I learned just when we first moved to Pittsburgh and because yeah. of the circumstances here. Yeah. And yeah. so what brought you to Pittsburgh? And, you know, you were saved 10 years ago, which yeah. is incredible. And now what's life been like? Just a brief summary of your family, what God's doing yeah. in your heart. So right after I was saved, so again, I was saved April of 2011. Yeah. And literally one month later, I met Raphael, <laughs> uh, who is now That's my awesome. husband. And so I always say that Raphael was my first gift here on earth yeah. from the Lord. That's awesome. Because I came from such a broken family. I came from an environment that was so broken in yeah. their families. And even my mother, she had me when she was 16. Right. And so she came from a broken family too. Yeah. And so he gave me the gift of family. That's you know? amazing. And not just the gift of family, but he gave me a God-fearing, Bible-reading husband. That's awesome. Right? And once we were married, we had our three beautiful girls. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And man, parenting, motherhood, it is not for the weary. It oh, is, it is not. It is a main main point of sanctification in my <laughs> life. Um, and I'm just now heading into three. So I can only imagine <laughs> for you now having three um, I know this last year, you know, with COVID, things have looked different for your family and um, how you do life and school and all those things. And mm -hmm. what has God taught you through that? What's he been What's he been teaching you in your heart lately? Yeah, he's been teaching me about surrendering. Yeah. Right. And kind of just living in the Holy Spirit and surrendering the things that I feel like I need to keep hold of. Right. So one of the things that I surrender during COVID was my children's education. So hard. Yeah. And so I gave it all to him. Um, he put it on my heart to homeschool. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, Lord, you're leading me this way. Yeah. And I expect you to show up yeah, every right. single day. You're the teacher. <laughs> I expect you to show up every single yes. day. And I'm like, and I need the guidance of the Holy Spirit yeah. every single second. Yeah. And it's been an amazing experience homeschooling my wow. girls. Yeah, this past year. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and I attribute it all to him, just being obedient to what yeah. he called me to do and just saying, yes, Lord. Yeah, that's awesome. It, it's not an easy thing, especially, you know, for you and your story, having such a value on education and working hard in yes. education. And not that you can't get a good education homeschooling, you absolutely can. But it just, I'm sure it just makes the pressure on that topic, education, so much heavier mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe even brings back some of those memories of working hard and, and worrying about school yes. and education and kind of yeah. building your way up. And so, um, 
what what a hard thing to surrender over yes, to the Lord. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because one of the things that you know, I learned was that God is sovereign yeah. and he is in control yes. of all things That's and right. everything. Yeah. And I'm just a little branch, yeah. you know, and he's the vine and yep. I have to be attached to him and kind of just pull in all that he is yeah. and absorb all this, all the sap, you know, and yes. the fruit that comes out isn't yeah. even my fruit. Absolutely. It's his. Absolutely. Right? And he gets awesome. all the glory always and all the honor and Absolutely. all the praise. That's awesome. Well, it's so good to hear a little bit about your salvation, your background. And this isn't something that, you know, we always get to share on Sunday mornings yes. when you see someone in passing and you say, Hey, good morning. How are you? How's your week? And you know, you're rushing your kids to class and you're trying to get into right. the service on time. But, um, you know, these, these stories, hearing each other's stories and being able to see God working and seeing, wow, if God can work in her life and do that yes. in her life, then he can do that in my life. Mm -hmm. And this valley that I'm in, you know, I can be encouraged to, to surrender over to him and, you know, and that's why we share. And so I'm so appreciative of that. You know, you talked about the Lord's sovereignty and my favorite picture of the Lord's sovereignty is the picture of separating an egg yolk in your hands. Mm -hmm. um, I love to bake. I'm a big baker, I'm a big fan of that, mostly because I like to eat the baked goods. But <laughs> um, I always think about when you're separating an egg yolk through your hands, you know, you're purposefully letting things come through and you're purposefully holding something back. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know exactly where I first learned of that analogy as related to the Lord's sovereignty. But I think it's so true that he, he lets things slip through on purpose mm -hmm. to reach us, to, ch to challenge us, yes. to cause our faith to grow. And he holds back things. And in the right time, when the recipe calls for it, everything comes together. Yes. And um, so grateful for that. And so I'm so glad you shared. I want to ask you, um, is there anything in your life that has been helpful for you resource-wise? If there have been books you've read or Bible studies you've done that have really impacted your life that you want to share for other ladies to check out? Yeah, absolutely. I want to say that one of the resources that I actually picked up here at the church was um, Gospel Fluency. Yes. And so that really helped me to Life has so many aspects to it, yeah. and I kind of like to think of it of compartments, right? True. And so, you know, there's your finances, there's your relationship, yeah. there's your husband, there's your children, there's your education yeah. or your career, you yeah. know? And so all of those things are not separate. They're not apart from Christ. True. All of those things are just, they're all kind of meshed together, yep. and all of them can be kind of in this cup of being gospel-centered, if yeah. that makes any yeah, sense, right? Definitely. So basically, Christ is in it all. That's he right. is in everything. That's right. He is in every Thank part goodness. of your life. Yes, amen, <laughs> amen, amen. Yeah, that's awesome. Anything else that you want to share, um, you know, as we head out of this conversation and wrap up, you know, is there anything that God has just laid on your heart that you want to share with our ladies, some, a verse that's helped you or um, a truth that you, you know, have had put in your heart by the Holy Spirit? Yeah. One of the things that has been in my heart and, and I'm seeking it wholeheartedly is um, 
just living in the fullness of God. Yeah. You know, like if you go through Ephesians, just everything who he is and and he's more than what we can even imagine. That's right. And so kind of just living fully in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so making the flesh uncomfortable, saying no to the flesh, yeah. right? Taking my so thoughts captive so you know, hard. to Christ. And so just really living in that and just enjoying the fullness of who he is, right? So that's, that's awesome. kind of what I'm seeking right now. That's and awesome. that's where I'm at that's in awesome. my relationship with the Lord. That's awesome. Well, such a joy to serve alongside you and your family here at Reclamation. And, um, you know, you guys serve in so many capacities. So I just appreciate your commitment to the church and... Um, and now knowing your story, I appreciate it even more. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I'm really grateful just to hear what God has done. And, and as we've said, you know, He's not done, and we he's will, not. we will continue sharing yes. what He has done, what He will do, um, because there are things even now that we're not quite ready to share, that we're not quite wrapped up yet, and and ready to process through that He's doing, that He's working, and. Um, and those things will bring him glory in the future yes. when we talk about them. So, Absolutely. So I'm, I'm glad to be caught up to speed this far, yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we'll see where we go from here. So thank you so much for sharing. I well, really, really appreciate it. That's thank awesome. And thank you so much for listening to the Coffee with Podcast. Our next episode will be available next month, so be sure to subscribe and follow so you'll be ready to listen and find out who will be joining me next time.